0: Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, we begin a new series called Guiding Light, where we are taking a look at the person of the Holy Spirit. This week is an introduction from John 14, where Jesus first mentions the sending of the Spirit to his disciples. We hope you enjoy the message. It is good to be with you guys again. It's weird always to take a week off, so being away last week for Memorial Day weekend, I hope that you guys had a good weekend. you might eat some ribs, Uh, over Memorial Day? Yes, a few of you? Wow, not as many of you as I would have thought. Anybody eat burgers? Hot dogs? Do you eat a vegetable? Over the weekend, okay, a bunch of vegans in the room now. We're all, or maybe we're vegetarians, something like that. Uh, anyway, it's always weird, uh, but it's good to be back with you guys, and we'll be back again for for the rest of the summer, minus July third weekend. So, uh, we are starting this new series. We're calling it Guiding Light, and it is a series like Hannah was saying uh, about the Holy Spirit, and just so happens to fall on Pentecost Sunday. Imagine that. That's just kind of how things tend to happen around here, Morgan. Um, so, we're starting this new series. You can go ahead and turn in in your. Bibles to John chapter 14. And as you're getting there, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever, uh, like it's been pitch black in your room or your house and you've been trying to find something and you struggled to find it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, or, or maybe it's, maybe you've had this, uh, happen to you where you're at somebody's house. You, you've never been there before. You ask to go to the bathroom. And when you open the bathroom door, you put your hand on the wall where the light should be and it's not there. Right. And so for the next 30 seconds, you're like, I don't want to touch, like, the toilet or anything, but I want to find this light somehow, right? Has anybody ever had that experience with something? You're trying to find either the light or you're trying to find something in the dark at your house. Would anybody be willing to tell us what it was that you were trying to find? JB, I figured you would be. What were you trying to find in the dark? 5.30 you're waking up? Because of the alarm or because you just, it just so happens? Okay, okay. And what what are you trying to find at 5.30 in the morning? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Classic, trying to find the watch, and the watch ends up in his pants somehow. So there. But at least you found it. You don't have to tell us the whole story, but what were you trying to find in the dark? Oh, a huge blackout earlier this week. Yeah? (laughs) So at that point, you're just trying to find light, right? And instead you found your family and bumped heads with them. Did anybody else experience that blackout? I didn't even know that that happened. Was it in Simpsonville? Maybe not. Okay, it was. Well, maybe I was asleep or I don't know what I was doing. I was outside getting the rays of the sun on me. How about one from over here? Mackenzie, you got something you were searching for in the dark? Yes, that is so relatable, okay? And I know it sounds really nerdy, okay, but it's a pretty well it's not pretty typical because I put them in the same place. Whoa, how do I look without my glasses, guys? Is this weird? What did I what have I done? I've just revealed like my alternate rea- my alternate uh personality here. Uh but it is it's pretty common for me to like reach over and my glasses are not where I put them and in the in the you know early morning or whatever, I have to get up in the middle of the night, I can't see anything right now, you're just all blobs to me, okay, no, I'm not, no offense, okay, I'm not, not saying anything, but you're just all blurry, and I reach over and I can't find my glasses, and, and in my head I'm like, my glasses, where are my glasses, right? Uh, I've had that before. I had another kind of interesting, kind of disgusting, kind of cute, kind of sad story that happened to me in the dark, Um, and it was when we came home, and how many of you know whether the light's on or off on the porch, for some reason, it's just at nighttime, it's really difficult to get the key into the door, okay? And finally, got the key into the door, that's not the thing that I was searching for, Um, and my dog, my huge golden retriever, he just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Cheryl, if you got any tips on how to keep a dog a puppy, I would love to hear it, Um, but he comes bounding out of the house. I'm always worried that he's just gonna push one of us off the stairs, and that's gonna be the end. But he didn't this time and he hasn't yet. Um but he comes out of the house, he's like running around the yard, he's so excited to see his home. That's really fun and good. And he goes into the house, and inside the house we didn't have like any lights on. So there's a little bit of light just kind of shining into the door here. And I see this like this black, what looked like just a big piece of bark or, or like a stick or, or some piece of mulch or something. And I'm like, well, I don't want that in my house. So I go down, and I guess this was something that, that Murphy, our golden retriever, had brought into the house, and I pick it up. It's not poop, okay? That's where you thought I was going with this, right? It's not poop, but what it is, because is like, poop's not cute, right? It's not, all right? I told you this was a cute story. Instead of it being a piece of mulch, it's a little baby mouse, which also is like kind of disgusting, but it was kind of cute. But it, but it was also like newborn, and so it was kind of slimy. And so I picked it up th- again, thinking it's like a piece of mulch or something, right? This is not what you're expecting, I, and I immediately took it and slung it into the yard. Okay, I didn't really know what it was, and upon further investigation, it was this this little mouse that we kind of helped and tried to nurse back to life. Um, but I think that one of my cats got it later the next day. So. Uh, point is, though, it was, it was hard to navigate in the dark. I had no idea what I was, uh, what I was getting at, what I was touching. And that, that's kind of like some silly instances of, uh, of navigating the dark, right? But there's, there's times in life where maybe it's, it's not a physical light, um, but it is like some sort of mental clarity that we're looking for or some sort of answer or some sort of light, maybe even a guiding light that we're looking for as we're navigating the darkness of, of life. And what I mean by darkness of life, do I mean like depression and anxiety? Maybe in some instances, actually. Um, so we're not going to make fun of that. and I wasn't trying to make fun of it. But, but sometimes the darkness is just a hard thing that's going on in your family that you don't feel like you can tell anybody about, that you, know, you hope that nobody already knows about, but you're just navigating the darkness, not sure what the next step is, not sure which direction you're supposed to take, not sure what the answer is or when this thing will end. Or maybe it's a darkness between you and a friend and you guys have been so close for so long, but now it seems like as you get older, your interests couldn't be more different and they're starting to hang out with different people and you wish that you were starting to hang out with different people, but you just haven't found those people yet and you're navigating this darkness. What's my next step? Who are my people going to be? What direction am I going to take as I step into this new school next year? Or maybe it's just something with school or at school entirely, right? Like it's something in your classes or it's something dealing with other people at school who just, they won't let you stop having it. And by having it, I mean like they're just bullying you. They're just messing with you. They're just teasing you. And you're, you feel like you're in a dark space. You may even describe it that way. But part of what you're doing in that space is navigating the darkness. What's my next step? Where am I supposed to go from here? Where is any help going to come from? How am I going to get out of this situation? Or, or maybe it's it's just a prayer request that you have, and you wish it would be answered. I actually had one of those, and I think I've told some of you guys this before. But years ago, before I started working here at the church, there was another church that was being started uh, from our college ministry. It was a church called City Lights. And all of my friends, when I say all of my friends, I mean like all of my friends were going to this church and I was about to graduate college, and I didn't know, am I supposed to follow them and go to this church and, and be at City Lights, or am I supposed to stay back at Fellowship Greenville? And I was extremely torn. Like, literally, all of my friends were going to be at this new place, and I want to be where my friends are. Like, I, I still want to be where my friends are. And I was navigating the start, and I was like, what am I supposed to do? What's my next step? How am I supposed to know which way to go? And maybe in thinking about that or maybe in navigating the dark, one of the things that you've wished could happen is like, hey, I read in the Bible or we read about it on Sunday mornings how Jesus was like walking with his disciples and he was there with other people and able to give them like specific or maybe even sometimes confusing like parabolic uh, information. Like, hey, here's here's the next step you're supposed to take. And maybe you've wished that Jesus, that God in the flesh, or you know the fun, silly way I like to say it, God in a bod, right? That he was right there with you to give you what's the next step, what's the direction that you're supposed to, to go. Maybe you've thought, man, if Jesus could just be right here with me right now, I would not be struggling with this. It'd be way better than just trying to navigate this on my own. But maybe you can already see where I'm going with this. What if I told you that actually... Yeah, Jesus isn't physically with you, but he has left you, if you are a Christian, with, with himself in, in the form of the Holy Spirit. That God, even though he's not with you in the flesh, that God still is with you in the form of the Holy Spirit. So that as you navigate the darkness, you can turn to him for, hey, which way to go? For help, for comfort for encouragement. Now I'm just starting to get into this, the, the scripture. So let's go ahead and jump into it. John chapter 14. This is some of the last words that Jesus would say to his disciples before he would go to the cross. And he's given them a whole lot of encouragement. He's, there's a, an incredible prayer here for his disciples in these few uh, chapters right here. Um, I would really encourage you guys to read uh, John like chapters 13. Just start all the way. Start there and, and read through the rest of the book of John. But here he is, uh, he's gonna talk specifically about the Holy Spirit. So he's talking to his disciples right now in this room and he says, let not, in verse one, let not your hearts be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. And you know the way to where I am going. So, kind of interesting, kind of uh, confusing for sure. Jesus is saying, hey, uh, if, if you know me, then, then that's really good. You know that I'm going to, to prepare a place for you, and if I'm going to prepare a place for you, then I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you. You guys get it, right? And you know how to get to this place, right? And the disciples are sitting there, probably like some of you in, in this room right now, and are like, what? Like, right? And maybe you've been in church long enough, and you know that Jesus is actually pointing to something that he's told his disciples over and over again, hey, I'm going to die, I'm going to raise again in, in three days, and it's going to be awesome. But the disciples, that, like, even though they had heard that, even though he'd kind of alluded to it, they did not think it was going to happen. But here he is again alluding to it, like, hey, I'm going to leave. I'm going to prepare a place. I'm going to come back and get you. If I'm preparing a place for you, then it's, it's yours, and I will, I will one day bring you into it. And you guys know how to get there, Right? This is like a, at least in some way, shape, or form, it's a dark place for the disciples of like a confusing, misunderstanding, like, what are you talking about, Jesus? Why do you keep saying you're going to leave us? And so Thomas says in verse 5, he said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? He's like outing what the rest of the disciples are, are thinking, at least part of it. Like, probably they're thinking, well, Jesus is crazy, right? Because he's saying he keeps talking about his death and keeps talking about leaving. But Thomas is like, no, like, that's basically, here's what I think he's getting at. Like, that's why we have you, right? We have you to show us the way, we have you to show us the next step. So, as you talk about leaving, here's what we're really concerned about is that we're not gonna have anybody who's leading us anymore. We're not gonna have anybody who's leading us through the darkness. There's a lot of things that we don't understand, not just about this world, but specifically about what you're saying. And we would need you here with us to help us understand that. Doesn't that kind of sound like how we'd get when we're trying to navigate a confusing situation or a dark situation or an I don't know where to go or which is the next step to take kind of situation? No, but like if God could be right here with me, I would know. I would know the answer for this person in my life who needs healing. Like I, I would know what the end result of that thing is going to be. I would know this relationship, friendship, family member. I would, I would know exactly the words that I need to say to make everything right. If he was just here. And Jesus ever kind of talking around but trying to be really helpful and gentle and kind and ultimately giving the disciples way more than they could possibly understand in this moment. He answers in verse six, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Maybe one of the verses that you have memorized at some point in your life or that you've heard before, uh, maybe many times over, Jesus is trying to help them see, hey, remember who it is that you're with. Remember who it is that has helped you navigate to this point. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I think part of what he's trying to help them see is, hey, I'm not going to just leave you hanging. Eventually, he gets to what that actually looks like. Like, he's not going to leave them alone. And he is not going to leave you alone or I alone as we navigate the darkness of life. Verse 15 says, you can read the rest on your own if you want to up to this point. But he says in verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him for he dwells with you and he will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me, because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Jesus is saying, Hey, I'm not going to leave you hanging. Yes, I'm going to leave you. I've been telling you that for a long time. Like, I can't possibly stay with you forever, but I'm sending one. And in fact, as I send this one, it's actually better for you, better for the world that this one comes and I leave because as I go, I make way for, as the ESV, this version of the scripture says, the helper. Maybe your Bible says the advocate, or maybe it says the comforter or the encourager, or maybe it just straight up says the Holy Spirit. That as Jesus goes, he's not leaving the disciples hanging and he's not leaving us hanging either, but he is sending the Holy Spirit, which you can go ahead and put that Holy Spirit slide up there if we have it. Maybe we don't. Um, but the Holy Spirit, another, uh, or the Greek word for uh, helper or advocate or whatever it says in your scriptures right here in John 14 is actually paraclete. Turn to your neighbor and say, paraclete. Turn to your other neighbor and say, not pair of cleats, okay? not paracletes. Thank you for that. Thank you. For that. That's a, yeah, it's a big distinction, okay? But paraclete is this Greek word, and here, here's the deal. Here's why we go back to these Greek words, or here's why you hear Jim Thompson or Charlie or whoever it is sometimes talk about Greek words, is because Greek was the original language of the New Testament, all right? And sometimes words in Greek, we can't quite translate the fullness of them into our English language today, because the fullness of this word paraclete does mean all the things that I just mentioned, it means that Jesus is sending the Holy Spirit who is our helper. Like in your time of need, when you don't know where your help's going to come from, that Jesus has sent or given, gifted to us the Holy Spirit who is our helper. Pericles also has in its meaning that he is our comforter. You know, one of the things in navigating the darkness is that darkness is often very uncomfortable scary even. Again, I'm not just talking about physical darkness, but life navigating the darkness can be really scary and uncomfortable, and the the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Another part of the paraclete meaning is, is that he's our encourager. Another part of navigating the darkness is that it's often very discouraging, In fact, if any of you are right now now in the darkness, in some sort of tough situation that you're trying to navigate and you don't know which way is up and which way is down, you're probably feeling a bit discouraged. But the Holy Spirit is our encourager. then also one of the the pieces of, of the paraclete is that he's our advocate. He's our advocate. Maybe the darkness that you're navigating right now is feeling like, man, I'm supposed to be a Christian, And yet I keep going back to this sin. I'm supposed to be a Christian, and yet I still feel stuck in the sin. What gives? Why hasn't God freed me from this? Why do I still feel so stuck? Why do I feel so trapped? Why do I keep living this way? What's wrong with me? Or maybe not what's wrong with me, but like, what's wrong with God? Maybe that's getting too deep. But maybe you've thought like, if this was real, then I wouldn't be struggling with this. So what gives why isn't God answering, maybe is God even there at all? Maybe you've gotten there. But advocate, the Holy Spirit being our advocate means that even as we sin, that he is going before God on our behalf. An advocate, it's a legal term, right? It's somebody who is fighting for you or advocating for you in the courtroom. And the Holy Spirit is our advocate. He's advocating for us saying, hey, nope, this is one of ours. This who who is stuck in sin, this child, is one of our children. He or she has been adopted. He or she is a part of the family of God. Those things we're taking care of at the cross. Helper, comforter, encourager, advocate. These are just pieces of who the paraclete is, who the Holy Spirit is. But Jesus says, that is the one that I am sending or giving to you as I leave this earth. I will not leave you alone. And this is the one that on Pentecost Sunday, today, around about 40 days after the crucifixion, 40 days after Easter, this is the one that we, we remember Jesus did indeed send to us so that you and I wouldn't be alone. So that as we navigate the darkness, and I don't, I don't know where you go when you're in these situations, right? Like, I don't know if you just pick up whatever it is in your life and metaphorically like throw it out the door like I did that little mouse. Or if you really try to get to the answers, like, hey, I'm going through a tough situation. I wonder what Google says, right? I've been there. Hey, I don't know the next step. I know it might sound kind of silly, but hey, what's the best way to make things right with a friendship? Like, maybe you've Googled something like that. Or maybe you just turn to friends. think that's a pretty good place to go. Like, hey, I don't understand this thing in my life right now. Do you have any advice? Or maybe you've asked your parents. I think that's a great place to go as well. There's, there's an endless list of places that you could turn, but here's what we're trying to get at this morning. Here's what I think Jesus is, is inviting us into as a life where we go straight to the source of all light so that the darkness we might be navigating would be illuminated as he sees fit. That when we're helpless, that we might go to the helper. That when we feel stuck in our sin, that we might remember that we have an advocate on our behalf. That when we are discouraged and down in the dumps and feel like we will never get out of this state that we feel encouraged. And that we, when we are in need of comfort as we go through life and we just feel the complete opposite, we feel uncomfortable in the situation we're navigating that he might be our comfort. This is the God that we serve. This is the Holy Spirit who is with us. Jesus could be physically with his disciples for only so long. There was a mission. There was something to be accomplished. Eventually, he would have to go and sit at the right hand of the Father. But as he went, he sent the Holy Spirit. Why is it better that the Holy Spirit would come? Because the Holy Spirit could be in and with all of us, making his dwelling place, his temple now, you and me who have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The picture you probably realized earlier uh, is a little lighthouse for the Guiding Light logo. Uh, how many of you have ever been to Tybee Island? Has anybody ever been to Tybee Island in here? Wow, not as many as I thought. It's not that far away. Um, but I have a picture of the Tybee Island Lighthouse. Me and my, my family went here uh, a few years ago. It's just me, uh, Brittany, and my now four-year-old son, because our two-year-old wasn't born. But really, really pretty, really cool. Uh, it's a historic lighthouse. I don't have time to tell you like the whole story. But you know, that part of the deal with with a lighthouse is what? What's a lighthouse used for? Anybody want to want to fill in the blanks for me? JB? Yep. Yeah. That's right. That's good. So part of it is helping, helping ships know, hey, this is where the shore is. So you need to be careful. You need to know, right? And it's also like helping guide them, not just telling them, hey, there's danger, there's a shore here, but also helping guide them to the place that they're supposed to be, right? And, and this is, there's no perfect metaphor, there's no perfect picture for who the Holy Spirit is, but in some sense, this is who the Holy Spirit is. He is a guide. He is a guiding light. He's the one who can point us in the direction, and while he he may not all at once illuminate everything in our path and everything before us, he lets us know which way to go. In the moment, he provides comfort. In the moment, he provides encouragement. All of those things, he is our guiding light. He is, in some sense, our lighthouse. He is the one that we look to. And you know, if you're a ship and you're in the middle of the ocean. And you just see this light, and you've maybe never really been trained in uh, the things of shiphood, right? And being a captain and all that fun stuff. And you just see this light, and you're like, oh, man, that's fun. Like, they're shining a light at us, right? You have no idea what this lighthouse is for or what you're what you're actually supposed to use it for or look to it for. You just think it's a really cool light. Sometimes I think we treat the Holy Spirit like that. Like, oh, man, yeah, I know. We got the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? And then we go, and we Google. Or we go, in and we ask a friend. And we go, and we ask our parents. We go everywhere but to the Holy Spirit. It would be like if we saw this lighthouse and then we didn't use it at all. But the invitation is that, hey, you have a lighthouse. You have the light. You have the guiding light. You have the Holy Spirit. What would it look like for you and I to go to him as we navigate the darkness? Let me pray for us and then we're gonna break up into discussion groups. God, thank you for not leaving us alone. I know that in this world, there's all kinds of crazy things going on in our own life, going on around the world with wars and school shootings, and I mean, that's real darkness. These are things that we're navigating on a regular daily basis, and it can feel in the midst of that like we are alone, like there's no light, and certainly no lighthouse that is giving us a direction on next steps, where to turn and who to turn to. But that's not true. You have given us the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells within those of us who are your children. So I pray that as we navigate the darkness of this life, maybe it's something that we're going to step into even as we step out of church today or something that we'll encounter this week, I pray that we would be reminded that you are right there with us. Our paraclete, our guiding light, our lighthouse, And I pray that we would turn to you as we navigate the darkness, one step at a time, trusting you with our lives and the things that are ahead. Help us know what that looks like this week. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.